Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Francois Gaden. Francois, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Francois is a CFA as well as an RMA, and to the layperson, that is certified financial analyst and a retirement management analyst. He is the co-founder chairman and executive director at CTRI, the Curve Triangle and Rectangle Institute, which is a not-for-profit association with an exclusive membership of CEOs who lead financial institutions. Francois, tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is that you do what you do. Indeed. Uh, thank you, George. Uh, I'm in my 60s, so I'm, uh, I'm an older guy. Uh, I emigrated from France to this country in my early 20s, and I've always operated at the intersection of uh, technology and finance. I'm a uh, serial entrepreneur. I start companies. I take them up to a certain point, and then I sell them. And what is relevant for this conversation is what happened during the dot-com years where I did a dot-com robo-advisor called Rational Investors. Uh, primary competitor was Financial Engines. And I sold Rational Investors to Standard & Poor's in 1999. So the poor French boy who had been in finance for 25 years, um, happily selling modern portfolio theory to other people's money, all of a sudden had a little money of his own, in essence, became the client. And at age 45, I became the retirement client. And as the insurance agents, the representatives of broker-dealers, the registered investment advisors, and even things, as you may remember, like mycfo.com, came at me, I realized that they were offering incomplete solutions, and often these solutions were inconsistent, uh, sometimes even internally inconsistent. Uh, that troubled me. Um, I had to think about it because there were no advisors that I was prepared to hire. And among other things, that launched the creation of the Retirement Income Industry Association, RIA, where the mission was to discover, validate, and teach the new realities of retirement. What we were doing and what we did was the discovery, articulation, and teaching of the curriculum that pertains to retirement. And it is bigger and more complete than the curriculum that pertains to investment management. So that was a long trip. It took, uh, well, at this point, you know, we're almost on to 20 years. And it led us to the creation of a retirement management analyst designation. And then last year, uh, the co-founder and myself, uh, he is in his mid-70s. I'm approaching my mid-60s. 
we looked at one another and said, you know, we're not the guys who are going to take this thing in the next 10 years of its life. And we cast around, looked for the best and the brightest that could take what we did and, and carry it to the next level. And at the top of our list was something which at the time was called IMCA, uh, run by a guy called Sean Walters. And on February 23 last year, I gave Sean a call. And on September 12, we completed the acquisition of RIA and the RMA by IMCA, and they renamed themselves the Investments and Wealth Institute. We actually call them now the Institute. And they are taking the RMA and everything we've done to the next level. Uh, we have successfully transferred uh, 20 years' worth of work to the people we saw as the best position in the, neuro, in the younger generation to take it to the next step. So that's the, uh, that's the history. Excellent. And CTRI that you mentioned is my keeping the research agenda of RIA and taking it to the next level with artificial intelligence and the blockchain, but that's another discussion. Got it. Excellent. So out of a ton of experience that was sort of thrust upon you because the 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 professionals that you were meeting with, you did not find them to be offering the solutions that you were looking for. And necessity breeds innovation. And so now this many years later, what do you think that people really need to know about retirement? Yes. Um, a couple of words that you can hang on your, uh, on your board. Uh, one word is the word complete. Um, mo you know, as people come to you, as, as we do our work and as we come from a silo in the industry, we provide, it's like a, impressionistic painting you know we provide dots but very often these dots are short of a complete picture and when you become the client and we all if we don't die earlier we all become the retirement client at some point so this is you know this is why this is important because it happens to all of us not all of us will be millionaires but all of us who don't die will be retirees and when you become a retiree, you become attuned to your complete picture, not just a few dots on the canvas that are called investment management. And you want your professionals to work with you through the complete picture. So one of the big words there is completeness or complete. And then the other big word, well, it's actually several words, chained together. It's household balance sheet, the household balance sheet, which is actually a trademark of RIA. And um, it's not just you when you retire, it's your household. Uh, the most interesting question to ask is not what do you think about your retirement, but it's asking your spouse or your children or the other people that are dependent on you about what they think about your retirement. So the household is a, a very key word. And the balance sheet is a wonderful device to pretty much collapse all of the dots on that impressionistic picture 
into something that can be articulated, quantified, managed, monitored. And then we can talk about that later if you want. So completeness and household balance sheet. Excellent. Now I saw that that methods is certainly a big part of your work as well, or a big part of your philosophies. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Um, so you're presenting with anything in life from the trivial to the non-trivial, and you know it is reality is viewed through your lenses. Uh, if you have glasses, you understand that immediately. Just take your glasses off and reality doesn't look the same. So we look at everything with conceptual glasses. And it sometimes you don't realize you have conceptual glasses. You, you may not even have awareness that they exist. Um, you spend a life in investment management you get a CFA, you're in the world of modern portfolio theory and Markowitz. You may not realize that it is a view and not the only view. Uh, and so methods, in like in Descartes, the Discours de la Méthode, or you know, having methods to exercise your skepticism about how you view things, um, you develop methods, methods to do that. And so rational investors was a method for saving. Uh, the startup that followed it, retirement engineering, was based on methods for investing. Uh, RIA, the Retirement Income Industry Association, was based on methods for planning. And now this thing, CTRI, is based on methods for automating um, you know, you're an advisor, you have a sense of what I call the functional stack, which is all of those things that you need to master or rent or buy from the front end that has to do with the client and the middle end that has to do with the professional tasks and then the back end that has to do with all the overhead and the back office. So it ranges from CRM to marketing to website to advertising to portfolio management to financial planning to portfolio accounting performance measurement um, doing the work that you need in order to pass audits etc it's a very long list that I keep and that grows daily as I read and discover new things and that's what CTRI is about is how do we develop how do we develop methods to automate throughout that stack. And what you see when you look at the various players, they come in at a certain point in the stack based on uh, what they know, like performance measurement or portfolio rebalancing or whatever, or, or planning. And then they try to expand up and down the stack from that area. Um, there are points of entry that are easier to work from than others. And it's very interesting to watch what the various players are doing as they uh, they seek to automate the stack. So investing with a method, uh, no, uh, first saving with a method, investing with a method, planning with a method, and now automating with a method. And the method being how do you decompose things so that you can see your own biases, you know, your own glasses, your own lenses, and so that you can see realities other than the one that can... Of naively is is upon you right now. 
so you're saying that people sometimes suffer from biases. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> we, 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 we're absolutely all potential victims of biases and having blind spots. So yeah, if, but they're even more worse than biases. They're, they're entire, it's an entire group of biases that creates a coherent worldview. And there are more than one, one way to view the world. Uh, for instance, in the, uh, the paper, The Shapes of Retirement, are you a curve, a triangle, or a rectangle? Um, that's what we provide is, you know, at the minimum, we can see three very coherent worldviews in finance, curve, triangle, and rectangle. Got it. And for the most part, okay, so, so at a minimum, those are the, the, the three primary areas that people have a tendency to fall into. It's, uh, yes, it is three three views of that we do for that of what we do for a living that are coherent. And the question that becomes the driving question, which is why before we talked before this uh, call we uh, talked a little bit about your client, is for me the the question that allows you to get to the essence of things without having a long discourse. It's who is the ideal client for this specific recommendation, and therefore asking you or asking people to describe their ideal client for the professional task that they perform. Got it. Okay. So as we're thinking about when you were that 45-year-old French boy who sold his business and people who are now thinking about, okay, I guess it's time for me to start doing some retirement planning. Is there, from your research, from your experience, an ideal time to get started with that thought process or those conversations? Yeah, probably at birth. <laughs> because it's uh, it, it really is life cycle planning. The uh, One of the things that becomes very clear when you work with a household balance sheet is you realize that when you're born, it's really the start of your household balance sheet. You have a, a certain amount of human capital. Uh, you have a certain amount of social capital. You have a certain amount of financial capital. There may be other sources of more tangible capital. And then against that, your liability side, you're looking at a lifetime's worth of consumption. Um, Whenever you do a balance sheet at any given time, there may or may not be debt present among the liabilities. And especially as you get older, you may start to uh, have an amount there in the liabilities, which is what you want to leave behind as a bequest. And so the time to plan to do this kind of life cycle, life cycle planning is, is really as early as you can. There's there's no wait until whenever uh, I have you know, three children that are in their 20s to their 30s. And um, you know, everything that I've learned as retirement planning applies to them uh, into what they do. And, um, and they're tracking their household balance sheet and, and they're doing that in their 20s. And, you know, I think you can't start early enough. Which is... Sounds so simple, but it's so true because in order to actually be able to successfully stop working um, and live off of savings, whatever it might be, 
you need to, to get started pretty early because you need to amass a pretty good amount of money. So, so how does one get started? Um, well, it's a lot easier now than it used to be. Um, you know, the, this thing with robo-advisors, it's clear that some of them have paid attention to our work with the household balance sheet. And um, especially the generation in their 20s, they, they take their phones and there are robo-advisor solutions out there where they literally give them connections to all of their accounts and voila, um, they can track their net worth. It's not a true household balance sheet because it's not based on net present values of the assets and the liabilities. It's more like a net worth statement. Uh, but good enough and not a bad start. Um, the reason also why the ideal client is um, some of us do not like to do those things ourselves and want an advisor other people are very happy to do it themselves, um, whether it is my taxes or what I do with the finances. Um, I have zero interest in doing it myself. My interest is conceptual and, and, and with the technology, not with the uh, actual daily buys and sells. And so you know, at some point, you need to find an advisor. And what I had to do in order to find advisors that I would hire is literally create a curriculum, create a designation, create a group of graduates that was large enough that finally I could hire two out of a lot. And what I would recommend is look for advisors that have an RMA designation and, uh, and engage with them. There are uh, one that has a, a book out there that's very good. Uh, actually, it's in your neck of the wood. Uh, Dana Anspa. I don't know if you know her. She is a alumnus to the Money Savage podcast. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, she's. Uh, you, you've seen her book, right? Control Your Retirement Destiny. I have. That's you know great place to start. Um, the uh, I mean that is a wonderful example of uh, what we've done with Ria and the RMA. Excellent. Another one that's uh, very interesting is the gentleman with whom I co-authored the first version of the RMA curriculum. It's a, you know, this is actually, you're in the insurance business, you're going to love this. Who knew that the insurance industry would actually be the tip of the sword for change? The company that is the most responsible for the creation of the RMA curriculum is nationwide. Yes. And so it's a long, circuitous story. But I had been writing, when Moshe Milevsky stopped writing his column in Research Magazine, I picked it up and wrote 24 columns that were the beginning of the RMA curriculum. It forced me to put pen to paper and to articulate the various components. And it is nationwide that forced me to integrate all this into a training system for them. That was actually the uh, the very first bringing it together as a corpus. And then a little after that, the gentleman with whom I wrote the first edition of the RMA curriculum, his name is uh, Michael Zwecker. 
And if you haven't read his book and the workbook that goes with it called Retirement Portfolios, um, you know, that was written in 2010, and, uh, and I don't think it's been surpassed yet. Excellent. How do you spell Zwecker? <laughs> Z-W-E-C-K-E-R. Just like I would have guessed. Excellent. Yeah, Michael Zwecker. Yeah, if you go on uh, Amazon, uh, Retirement Portfolio by Zwecker. Well, that is good stuff. And, I, you know, whoever is responsible for um, helping you along to, to actually put pen to paper and put a training program together, I think it's excellent. So credit to Nationwide for, for making yes. that happen because, like you've been talking about, if something's a problem, make it a process, or in this case a method, and then hopefully it won't be as much of a problem anymore. So It's also if you want change, be the change. Yeah. yeah. That is what your experience was. I yes. like it. Excellent, sir. Well, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Hire an RMA. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Very self-serving, but I know what I'm talking to. I eat my own cooking here. No, that's 100% right. Well, after everything we talked about, I know that that is great stuff, and that's definitely going to get a come on. Come on. So thank you for that. Well, Francois, thank you again for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and your work? Um, definitely go to the website of the Investment and Wealth Institute. Uh, I think you can still use the old thing, imca.org, imca.org. And I think the new URL might be uh, iwi.org or maybe there's a hyphen somewhere there. I haven't learned it by heart yet. But that whole group of Devin Eckberg, Tim Whiting, uh, Sean Walters, um, that's the, the people who do the CIMA designation, the CPWA, and now the RMA. Uh, go there. It's there. You can find the RMA. Uh, they do wonderful stuff. They do conferences, the next one coming up in Nashville in May. Uh, that's a very good place to go for that. If you're curious about the whole automation agenda and now taking everything that we've done with the RMA into the realm of research and understanding these conceptual glasses and uh, being able to develop them and use them uh, with intention. Uh, that is ctri-usa.org. Uh, it's somewhat secretive, very different kind of organization, a small number of members, only CEOs. Uh, so very different from RIA that was really open to all. And what we do there is we use artificial intelligence to measure the distance between concepts in financial research. So in the same way you look around your room right now, you can see objects and you intuitively establish the distance between you and the objects and the distance between the various objects and you can classify them as chairs and whatever else is around you. We can do the same thing with concepts. So you can do it with authors, papers, concepts. It allows you to map this world of concept. It allows you to see what is there and what is missing and that should be there. It allows you to create uh, categories, distinctions, connections that you could not see before. And you will see at ctri-usa.org, there's a link to a paper where we've done this by hand with uh, my co-author, Patrick Collins. 
Um, and that's where the curved triangle rectangle comes from. And then as we scale this up and leverage it up with uh, artificial intelligence, uh, over the next two, three years, we should be able to uh, peer a lot deeper uh, into, into this reality. It's a little bit like creating the Hubble telescope so that you just don't see the stars from you know, going and looking up in your backyard, and, and you can see a lot farther, and, and that's what that's what CTR is about. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Francois your appreciation and check out all the resources that he was just sharing with you. And you can, you know, I will list them in the notes of the show, and certainly share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Thank you again, Francois. You're welcome, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!